Travel Planners Radio Show with Three zero five seventy eight hundred. That's eight four four three zero five seventy eight hundred. This is the Jared Dillian Show. So tonight we have a guest, and our guest is Chris Lakey, and he's here in South Carolina in Mount Pleasant. Now I met Chris about 10 years ago we have a mutual friend our mutual friend is a guy named Larry McDonald Larry McDonald was a convertible bond trader at Lehman Brothers he wrote the first book on Lehman Brothers called a colossal failure of common sense which sold uh, a lot of copies more copies than my book did by a lot um, Larry is uh, is a great guy and he introduced me to Chris he says I know a guy that lives in South Carolina and uh, he is a financial advisor and you might want to talk to this guy. I mean, just, you know, kind of to get the lay of the land. So I had lunch with Chris at a place called Saffron in Charleston. And, uh, you know, we hit it off. And he subscribed to my newsletter for a couple years. And then he took a break. And then he subscribed again. So he's subscribing now. And he is um, a financial consultant, an investment fiduciary, and co-owner at RH Financial Services at Raymond James in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Chris, welcome to the show. Jared, thank you very much for having me on. It's a pleasure. And yes, you are correct about uh, Larry's book, but what he didn't tell you is how many books I actually sold for him. How many books did you sell for him? Oh, please. I went to every airport I traveled to. I'd actually rearrange his book, Colossal Failure of Common Sense, and just stack it on the front of every shelf I could find. I never got paid a commission, though. Uh, my book ended up in a couple of airports, um, but uh, his his book sold, I want to say, about 25 times as much as I, mine did. Um, Your book so, was very good. Uh, thanks. Um, but it, it, but th there is a first mover advantage, let's put it that way. Um, so just get, you know, give us a little background, who you are, wh where you went to school, where you're from, stuff like that, why you're in South Carolina, how you ended up here. Uh, talk to me. Sure. So um, I'm originally from New York City, if you can't tell. Uh, I grew up on the east side of Manhattan, went to Villanova, uh, came down to Charleston in 2008. Um, I, I've pretty much been in the investment industry my entire career. I mean, I, if you ask me which firm I worked at, I could probably tell you, yeah, I worked there. Um, and I love it. How old are you? I'm 41 years old, about to be 42 on December 24th. Okay, so we're about the same age. You're 42. I'll be 47 in March. Uh, but, you know, I mean, you said you worked a bunch of different places. What are some of the places you worked? Uh, so my first big break, uh, I worked at Wachovia Securities at the special branch at uh, 320 Park Avenue. And then uh, after a short stint there, my manager went to UBS at 1285 Avenue, the Americas. And then um, I moved with UBS from there to Charleston, and that was in November of 08. I was offered a contract to go to Merrill Lynch, which was not so great, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, uh, so what, were you a financial advisor at Wachovia, or did you do something else? 
So I, I was. So my official title has always been financial advisor or financial consultant. But um, my business model has changed. I used to primarily be an institutional trader, do a lot of DVP, prime brokerage work. And then as of 2009, that's really where I, 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 my model really shifted. Okay. So for the benefit of people listening, you know, the term financial advisor can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So uh, try to define that term. The financial advisor? Yeah. It's basically, it's an industry professional who's registered with FINRA that can offer people financial advice and sell registered securities is basically the true definition. But there's different there's different kinds of financial advisors. There's financial advisors who work on commission. There's fee only investment advisors. Uh, talk about the differences between some of those. Yeah, no, that's that's a great that's a great point. So you're right; it can mean a lot of different things. And also, investment advisor also comes into that, and it all gets kind of convoluted. The real key thing is to look and see if they're an investment fiduciary, which means that I'm only going to offer unbiased advice through a certain outline of risk controls to that prospect in a certain advantage that's there's no other variable that it's in the best interest of the client that's it so now this but this is new this fiduciary standard okay I mean if you go back 10 years ago there was no fiduciary standard so talk about what that means that I mean there was a I mean this 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 was a Department of Labor rule I guess that was passed in like 2017 or something like that I, I I'm a little hazy on the background so explain this to us so that that's a really good it's a really good point and it is it is a new rule it's called the best interest rule and it's with it it's tied in with the Department of Labor and what it said was basically they were concerned, the regulators were concerned that people would be giving biased advice based on the firm's position or the financial advisor's own interest when they sold or offered a service. So certain services and products were paid a higher commission, and that all got straightened out. And it also made the advisor attest in writing that they are liable for any of those violations. So you have to offer something to a client that it, it it doesn't matter even if it's you lose money on it. It doesn't matter. If it's in the best interest of the client, that's it. Now a lot of this comes down to fees. I think I think what the um, Department of Labor rule had to do with primarily was fees. You know, you talked about situations in which a financial advisor is compensated more for some products that they offer than other products. I mean, in the past financial advisors were incentivized to offer mutual funds with sales charges because that's how they were compensated as opposed to low-cost index funds. I mean, that's really the crux of the rule, right? No, no, you're, you're, 100, you're 100% correct. But it also, it also goes above that, too. It also says that, you know, it, even if you charge a fee, you have to be actively managing the portfolio. You can't just sit and park assets and go get other assets and ignore that account. You have to come back and justify every single year why you're charging that fee to the client. And that can be anything from you're doing financial planning, estate planning, offering advice on another account. It can't just be, yeah, I charge a fee, I'm unbiased. That's not how it works. So I guess my question is, is this a good thing? Because I know when this was passed a couple years ago, there was a lot of resistance to it in the financial advisor community. Uh, it kind of seems, I mean, just you know, judging from your tone of voice here, it kind of seems like, 
you're in favor of it. But there's a lot of unintended consequences here. I mean, if you think about this, this is really bad for the mutual fund industry, you know, that sells actively managed funds that has sales charges. It's it's really bad for that industry, and it has been bad, and that industry has been losing assets like crazy o- over the last 10 years, you know, and this is accelerating it. So what do you think about this? Yeah. Uh, you're, you're absolutely correct. They're getting rocked. I mean, they're absolutely getting taken out to the cleaners, Jared. These guys have to shift their model, and that's... Uh, I don't know if that's really actually a good thing, because I do believe having people in the industry making investment decisions is the way to go. I don't like having algorithms dictate everyday policy, to be quite frank. Uh, and I, I, don't know what they, I don't know what they do. I really don't. It's, it's a fee war. It's a competition war. It's a transparency war. It, it's just, I, I don't know where it goes. So let's, let's say you have a client. And, um, you know, he's expressed to you some kind of risk tolerance. Either he's aggressive or conservative or something like that. And you're trying to tailor a portfolio to his needs. And let's say you have two mutual funds that you can choose from. One is a load mutual fund and one is a no-load index fund. Okay. Now, you may believe in your heart that the fund with higher fees is more suitable for this particular investor but there is this pressure on you from the fiduciary rule to put this person in the lower cost fund otherwise you have to justify it. and like you said there are legal ramifications yeah, no, you're, you're totally correct and that's a very tricky question so you would really have to look at the returns over time and the difference of the cost of the loaded fund versus the index to see if it justified having a long-term outlook. So if that aggressive investor said, I have a 10-year outlook, okay, and both the mutual fund and the index fund had 10-year track records, which one would he have made money over time? And if it's the actively one, then yeah, it was the better investment, and that would be my choice. So you're doing this on a backwards-looking basis. That's the only way we can really go in the industry. We can always look forward and say, I think this will do better that way. But, you know, at the end of the day, if the client loses money and it wasn't a great choice, you know, not only are you going to be probably responsible for that client's loss, but you're also going to be responsible for a regulator, you know, determining, yeah, I picked this over X, the cheaper one, and this is what happened. And it's kind of a, a double, you know, it's a two-fanged nick, you know, on your leg, so to speak. So, but the but the thing with the fiduciary rule is that it exposes a financial advisor to legal liability, exposes them to lawsuits. Where in the past, if you wanted, if you had a grievance against the financial advisor, you had to operate within the bounds of FINRA and take this person to arbitration, right? Yeah, there's no arbitration. I mean, arbitration is a great resource to investors because it offers them um, industry professionals and outside arbitrators to make a decision that's, in generally speaking, if you look at the track record, 90% is favorable to investors, okay? And it's actually cost less in some respects than regular uh, court. Yeah, but I've I've been... Uh, as I told you uh, offline, I've you know I've been in an arbitration hearing, and there were very expensive lawyers sitting around a conference table. It did not seem cheap to me at the time. We're going to come back in a couple of seconds to talk some more with Chris about what it's like to be a financial advisor in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. I'm Jared Dillian. This is the Jared Dillian Show. 
The Jared Dillion Show. Harrison's Reality Check. Now there's an easy way to monitor for coronavirus at home in a moment. Corona Alert. No doubt that social distancing and quarantining have the potential to negatively impact individuals' mental health, especially among people who use drugs or drink too much or groups already experiencing marginalization. So don't forget to lean into your family, your local community through the phone or social media or any of the other available platforms. I'm Carrie Harrison. Harrison's Reality Check. GoHarrison.com fever is a leading symptom of the coronavirus, so take your temperature twice a day with the Exergen Temporal Scanner. It's quick and easy to use, and its accuracy is backed by more than 80 clinical studies. Have your family start and end their day with the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Your family can take their temperatures in seconds to know where they stand in the fight against COVID-19. Protect your family from the spread of this deadly disease and stay safe with Exergen. I'm Smith Rao. This holiday season may feel different and giving back matters more than ever. Jackie Gamble, Regional Operational Manager for Nordstrom, has more. The perfect gift for anyone on your list is the Bliss Plush Throw. It makes a cozy addition to any home and you can make it special with monogramming. Plus, Nordstrom is donating a portion of the proceeds from the sale of this blanket to Operation Warm, a nonprofit who provides new winter coats to kids in need. If you need a bit of help figuring out what to give this year, Nordstrom has free gifting experts available to chat. Plus, they offer free gift wrap at curbside and in store. Beyond the blanket, there are other ways customers can give back. Customers can browse sustainable style on Nordstrom.com, which makes it easy to find gifts that give back. If you prefer gift cards, feel good knowing that Nordstrom donates 1% of gift card sales to nonprofits. Finally, families can schedule a virtual call with Santa. 100% of the proceeds from those tickets will benefit Operation War and Big Brothers Big Sisters. To learn more, visit Nordstrom.com. While I was lying in an army hospital in Germany, my parents got a letter that said I had 48 hours to live. They even sent a flag to put on my coffin. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. I left the military with a traumatic brain injury, and when I got home, I fought depression, anxiety, and alcohol, and had nothing to look forward to. DAV provides a lifetime of support to veterans of every generation, helping more than a million veterans each year. With DAV's help, my world changed 100%. I was able to build a new life for myself. With the right support, more veterans can reach victories great and small. I'm Madam Greathouse, Army veteran. But there are more victories to be won. My victory is just feeling alive and experiencing life. Adam Greathouse, thank you for your service. May your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly. But we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. 
Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. Jared Dillion. Own your money. Own your life. I'm Jared Dillion. This is the Jared Dillion Show. If you want to call to talk about your money, please call 844-305-7800. That's 844-305-7800. This is the Jared Dillion Show. We have Raymond, uh, excuse me, Chris Lakian, who is a financial advisor at Raymond Janes. He is the guest tonight. We're talking about what it's like to be a financial advisor. Chris, when you have a new client that comes into your office, what do you ask them? Well, I ask him, that's a great question. So I ask him a couple of things. You know, first off, I ask him if they've ever had a full financial plan. And that is just so important in the long-term perspective. Um, I also ask them if they're actively working with someone else in my industry. Or the first two things. Now, okay, so let's let's start there. What is What is a full financial plan? So a financial plan is something that the industry uses to judge uh, that prospective client's risk in a long-term outlook for what they expect you to do. And it also helps me gauge the, you know, the risk and return required to meet the goals that we talk about in the plan. If I can expand on it, um, for example, let's say someone comes into my office and says, hey, I want to retire in 2020-25. You know, I'm 67 years old. Um, I've got a million dollars, and I need at least $90,000 a year to live on. You know, what can you provide me as an investment solution with a financial plan that is valuable and and can make this work for me? Now, I'm sure that 90% of the people that come into your office, their goal is to save for retirement. Do people come in with other goals? Yeah, absolutely. 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 You know, we help people all the way through retirement, into the next generation, uh, into their children, into their grandchildren. Um, also, a, a smaller part of my business, I also help people advise them on their 401ks. You know, in fact, I just got back from a roadshow where I helped a 401k company uh, talk to all their employees from just, you know, the basics of savings and investings to life advice, whatever I can help them with uh, to move their lives forward is, is something that I do commonly. So in the financial plan, you're talk, you ask them inevitably about their risk tolerance. So what are the different levels of risk tolerance? Uh, well, a difference of risk tolerance is to the, to the client or to me? Well, both. I mean, what both I, what I hear from them or in reality, what I really... I'm yeah, sorry. both. Both. Well, both. Well, that's, that's very interesting. So, if, if, and you know this just from being in the investment world for many years. You know, I read all your stuff, and I've, I've known you for a long time, and I know where you came from. Clients don't understand real risk. And one of the things that you pointed out on your talk show right here just a couple nights ago was what the Federal Reserve is doing to savings and risk. In fact, you mentioned that you get, what was it, a money market? You could have six and three quarters back in 2000? Wasn't that right? Yeah, yeah. Right? And yeah. Where do you get that now? Where do you get the risk-free of six and a quarter right now? Yeah, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And so, 
you have a time period where people expect one thing, and in reality, either the pressure of the business will make other people give them that result that they want, that income that they want, and then you have an event like March where they get slaughtered, and that's when you go and you're, you're in trouble. And so I think when it comes back to the original question, risk is a perception of one's own goals and one's outlook. And that outlook could either be um, a professional outlook or it can be one of uh, ignorance or hubris, as I call it. And, uh, you know, to me, as an investment professional, when I do the financial plan, it helps me to eliminate those pitfalls that can occur during that person's lifetime to get them to where they want to be. So if, if somebody comes to you and says that they have a conservative risk tolerance, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, I don't mean to you know um, put you on the spot, but um, what, what kind of portfolio would you design for this person if they were conservative? Oh, and, and do you mind if I ask a, a question or two? Because conservative can mean a lot of things. Sure. Right. So you're talking about conservative as in um, if I lose 10% of my money, I'm going to have a heart attack and I'm going to go call a lawyer conservative? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's a great question. So for that person, it's really difficult in this environment, to be quite honest with you. I mean, if you look at just some of the best bond mutual funds in the planet right now, some of the best, BlackRock, PIMCO, you know, Vanguard, uh, Nuveen, right? Some of the biggest and best. They got creamed back in March. And the only reason we were able to get that money back in many of those cases from those big fund families, without naming specifics, because that will get me in trouble, is the Federal Reserve had to print trillions of dollars in monetary easing to recover people's losses. And so what I would do now is just have a lower expectation of what the kind of return is that you want, keeping um, your bond duration very short, and looking at other options outside the United States to create better investments if you can, if you can find them. And another alternative is also looking at credit. Um, as long as the Federal Reserve supports credit markets, uh, you can look at you know, low-duration uh, investment grade, low-duration junk. You can look at preferreds. Um, and if you kind of compile those all together and just dial it down, if you know what I mean, you can actually have a pretty decent portfolio. Now, would this person have any exposure to equities at all? Yes. I would say uh, at this point you can run on a conservative basis anywhere between 20 to 30% in equities. And that would still be appropriate. Yeah, I mean that's in that this environment about, right now. That sounds about right to me. Um, we got a couple of seconds. I, I do want to get. I want to get this in before the break. Uh, a, a lot of the a lot of the people, a lot of your peers in this industry have a completely different idea of what it means to be conservative. Conservative to them means to be in a hundred percent stocks, all stocks, but just the safe stocks. We'll be back in a second. I'm Jared Dillian. This is the Jared Dillian Show.
Jared Dillion. Own your money, own your life. Here is today's top automotive tech story. I'm Nick Miles. Land Rover has announced the 2021 Range Rover Evoque with enhanced technology and refinement. Land Rover's most advanced system, PV Pro, is introduced as standard, featuring a redesigned intuitive menu structure with the most popular features and functions accessible from a single home screen. The new Range Rover Evoque is priced from $43,300. For more automotive tech news, go to testmiles.com. Meet America. America's first and only hybrid minivan. The Chrysler Pacifica Hybrid delivers up to 32 miles all-electric with a total driving range of 520 miles while offering plenty of space. Drive with confidence in the Chrysler Pacifica Hybrid. Are you tired of every radio station just sounding the same? On the Smart Talk Radio Network, we give you that alternative you've always wanted. No topics are out of bounds. No agenda is being pushed. It really is that revolutionary. Listen for yourself at smarttalkradionetwork.com. I'm Andy Solomon. After months of quarantining and following protocols to stay safe and healthy, Americans are becoming more complacent about COVID-19 best practices. In fact, a recent survey showed a 14% decline in handwashing since March. Jason Tetro, the germ guy and microbiologist. Good hygiene, including proper handwashing, is the most important factor in preventing the spread of disease throughout communities. Now is the time for Americans to recommit to their cleaning and hygiene routine. To help people find credible information, the American Cleaning Institute is providing easy-to-understand tips to encourage a continued focus on proper cleaning and hygiene practices. It's important now, more than ever, for Americans to know the basic cleaning and hygiene protocols, as well as where to go to get trusted resources. With so many things out of our control during this pandemic, the one thing we can control is our healthy behaviors. For if you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes, their age, the way they speak? Would you notice an eight-year-old girl who's not, not excited, excited for, for summer, summer break because she may not be having lunch again until September? Or a single father of two who works three part-time jobs and still can't put enough food on the table? Or maybe a mother who cleans offices at night? hoping to find meeting leftovers to take home to a hungry family. Or a war veteran who's having a hard time landing a job and getting back on his feet. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. 
produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm Jared Gillian. This is the Jared Gillian Show. If you want to call to talk about your money, please call 844-305-7800. That's 844-305-7800. This is the Jared Gillian Show. We're talking to Chris Lakin, Lakin of Raymond James here in South Carolina. We were just having a discussion about risk tolerance. And I asked Chris what he would do if somebody came in the door and said that they were a conservative investor. They were very conservative. And uh, he said that he would put them in a portfolio of short-duration bonds, short-duration corporates, short-duration high yields, try to get some yields internationally, maybe 20 to 30% equities. And then I said to Chris, I said, there's a lot of financial advisors out there. If you tell them that they are conservative, they're going to put you in a portfolio that is all stocks. They'll just put you in the safe stocks. They'll put you in McDonald's and Campbell's Pork and Beans and Philip Morris and stuff like that. What I mean, you must know that this happens in your industry, that people's definition of conservative varies from person to person and from firm to firm. It's, it's unbelievably naive to be quite honest with you um, there have been two major risk-off events in the last three years and if those financial advisors have not paid attention to what that did to their portfolio and learned from it they're just one step door into a law into a lawyer's office so but eventually but inevitably what happens if you go back to March okay like that's you know, uh, leave aside leave aside the the legal aspect of it, okay? Because you know that's I I don't know that's kind of a, a remote risk, but the real risk is that you lose assets, right? That March happens, uh, a client loses thirty or thirty five percent, and they pull the assets and they go to somebody else. But what I found um, in in my career is that advisors don't generally lose assets in bear markets because they just blame it on the bear market. They're like, well, you know, the S&P is down 30% this year. You're down 28%, so you're actually doing pretty well. And if you're losing money while everyone else is losing money, then it's like misery loves company. When advisors lose assets is when you're in a bull market, when the market rallies, and somebody sees other people making more money than them, and it distorts their judgment. And greed takes over, and they say, why am I not making as much money as this client over here? And that's when financial advisors lose assets. Do you agree with that or disagree with that? A thousand percent. Greed always, this is really important, greed always trumps fear. Greed always trumps fear. In every single case, I cannot tell you how many times people call me at the peak of a bubble and then they cry at the bottom. It happens all the time. So it's not just one person who will call and say, hey, I just want to do something different. No, no, no. It'll be a series of people who will call randomly and say, hey, you know, my neighbor's up 25% for the year. How come we're only up 18? I want to be up 25. Make me more aggressive. And 
people react to that client pressure and they turn up the knob, so to speak. They go from conservative to aggressive, like a little style. And then something happens and they just get fried. They just get taken out to the cleaners, like an old-fashioned hit job, okay? And then they, then they sit there and say, wait a minute, what happened to my account? And the guy's like, well, I made you more aggressive. Like, well, not that aggressive, you know? <laughs> and it's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just unbelievable up and down. And, you know, I see it all the time. It happens all the time. I can't tell you how many people called, not necessarily to our office, but just around the industry, how many stories I heard back at the end of March, at the bottom of March, the bottom of December of 18, which was another nasty little bear market that people forget. Uh, and they're like, I want out. Get me out of this stuff. You know, I don't want to lose any more money. And then if they just held on for another 30 days, they would have recovered at least half of it, if not all of it back. Now, I know you I know you read my stuff. You you might not be aware of a product that I offer that's called the Awesome Portfolio, okay? And let me tell you what the Awesome Portfolio is. It's 20% stocks, 20% bonds, 20% cash, 20% gold, and 20% real estate, okay? I back tested this portfolio back to 1972. Since 1972, this portfolio has returned almost as much as stocks. It's returned 8.4% a year with half the volatility. Half the volatility. So one of the things I talk about all the time on the show is that investors shouldn't target a rate of return. They shouldn't have a rate of return in mind. They shouldn't say, I want to make 12% or I want to make 15%. They have to target their risk. What kind of risk do I want? Because the, the reason the awesome portfolio works is because it has half the volatility, and the purpose of volatility is to make people make stupid decisions. If they're over-invested, if they have 100% stocks, if, on, the, on the corrections they're going to experience stress. They're going to experience stress, and it's going to cause them to liquidate the portfolio at the worst possible time, then inevitably the market rallies, and they're not compounding. And the only way you get rich in the long run is if you stay invested and keep compounding. Well, I completely agree with that. I, I, I don't so much. I, I'm going to challenge you on this a little bit. I actually don't 100% agree with that portfolio, Jared. <laughs> I'm gonna challenge. I'm gonna challenge you a little on it. Uh, well, well, I mean, what's uh, what's your objection? Well, my objection is well. First of all, if you take the twenty, you said twenty percent cash. Let me read it again to you because I actually saw this in the Dirt Nap one time, the Daily Dirt Nap. But you read it. And by the way, yeah. if anybody who's listening who doesn't read that, that out of their minds, they need to read it. Okay, they need to subscribe and read it. It's fabulous. It's very rare that you do get it. You get a seasoned industry professional that writes daily and educates people in the way Jared does, okay? Thank you. And so it was, no, of course, no, I'm serious. It's, so it's 20% cash, 20% REITs, or real estate, yep. 20% yep. gold, and then what, 20% stock? And 20% bonds. Yeah. Well, if you look at the cash and gold, it's been a dead asset for four years plus, wouldn't you agree? Well, I mean, cash you're not getting is any out of cash. Yeah, cash is by definition a dead asset. The cash serves two purposes. The first purpose is to reduce the volatility of the portfolio. The second purpose is everybody should have 20% of their net worth in cash anyway for emergencies, to take advantage of opportunities, 
stuff like that. Okay, I, you know what? I actually take that back because you, you, you're right. Because in this environment, it is a, very difficult to hedge risk in, like, let's say, a 60-40 portfolio or even a 50-50 portfolio. And what, what listeners may not understand where I'm going with this, and maybe you can expand on it too, Jared, is when you have a time period of 12 years where the Federal Reserve is now the single, one of the single largest investors in the world, they have manipulated asset classes into creating little, like, micro-bubbles at time where it's almost very difficult to have a risk-off event and not get burned somewhere because it's very hard to hedge. Wouldn't you kind of agree with me? Oh, I mean, 100%. I mean, the, my only thing is, you know, I mean, I, I don't I, I don't spend a lot of time complaining about the Fed. There's people that do that better than me. There's people who've made entire careers out of complaining about the Fed. So I kind of just take the Fed as a given, and I operate around those parameters. Don't fight the Fed, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. So, uh, also great. Go ahead. It's your so if, now. If somebody comes to you and says they they have an aggressive risk tolerance, what do you do for that person? The most aggressive portfolio I'm running right now, um, and some people may snarl at me at this. Is I'm I'm not running anything more than an eighty twenty portfolio right now. I'm just not doing it. Not doing okay. it. Okay. Uh, uh, maybe I could go to maybe I could go to 100% if I really wanted to, but at the moment I'm only at 80 20. Okay. Okay. Uh, just just for reference, um, I have a relative in town who has a financial advisor, and um, she it's my mom, and um, it, she is under constant pressure, constant pressure to increase her exposure to equities to 100%. Uh, she's going to be 75 in January, and um, she currently has 43% stocks, 50, 57% bonds. And uh, it's it, the, the pressure to increase the risk of that portfolio for a 75-year-old person is unbelievable. Yeah, well, who's, who's, making your, who's making your increase that risk? I'm I, 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 I can't say that. Someone in my industry? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's someone. It's yeah. someone in the industry. So they're seventy-five yeah. years old, and it's forty-five percent stock, fifty-five percent bonds. Is that what I heard correctly? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you know, it's very interesting. I actually have this problem, and it's not necessarily a client problem. It's a portfolio management problem. And what your viewers and I hope everybody picks up from this: you can actually increase the risk and yield a little bit, but you don't have to go into stocks. You can use credit as an alternative. And what I mean is, you know, first of all, I think it's nuts to be asked to be more. In fact, you should dial it down, if anything. But if you had to make a decision, if you were, someone was forced into a box, you're saying, okay, I get to get more. Because if you think about it, bonds don't yield anything right now. <laughs> they just don't, which we just talked about. Look at preferreds. Oh, I, you know, yeah. You don't have to tell me about preferreds. I love preferreds. I'm lo- I'm loaded. I am loaded to the gills on preferreds. It's been the best trade since March. We'll be back in a second. I'm Jared Dillian. This is the Jared Dillian Show.
Jared Tillian Show. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and when I invented my pillow, I wanted it to have everything you'd ever want in a pillow. You can adjust the patent and fill to your exact individual needs. You can wash and dry my pillow. It has a 10-year warranty not to go flat, and it's made in the USA. And now, for a limited time, you can get a queen-size premium my pillow for the lowest price ever. Regularly $69.98, now only $29.98. That's a $40 savings. I'm also giving you deep discounts on all my MyPillow products, including my bed sheets, mattress toppers, and bath towels. Not only are you getting the lowest prices ever, but they make the best Christmas gifts ever. Buy now and I'll extend my 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Special Square. Use promo code SUN or call 800-442-0471. That's MyPillow.com. Click the Radio Listener Special Square and use promo code sun ancientlifeoil.com that's ancientlifeoil.com are you stressed i mean who is it anxiety creeping in no not that is sleep hard to attain because your brain just won't slow down we're living in crazy times and the fear knob has been turned up okay there's an answer take a big breath exhale and go log on to ancientlifeoil.com cbd broad and full spectrum organic and non-gmo cbd for you to enjoy change your tune from fear to calm from brain overload to clear thinking 0.003 thc on full spectrum and zero percent thc on broad spectrum competitive pricing with the best quality also know everything is going to get better no worries be happy CBD can help calm so your nerves don't think they're a six-string electric guitar. Enjoy life, smile, and log on to ancientlifeoil.com for great CBD. That's Some kids never smile. They're embarrassed by their crooked teeth. They want braces like the other kids, but their families can't afford them. Some may even try to straighten their teeth themselves. That can make everything worse. Luckily, there's Donated Orthodontic Services, a program from the American Association of Orthodontists. It helps provide orthodontic treatment to kids and teens whose families can't afford it. For kids who apply, are approved, and are matched with a volunteer orthodontist, it can be life-changing. Their treatment is in the hands of an expert a licensed local orthodontic specialist who improves their smiles by correctly aligning teeth and jaws. Some kids think they'll never smile again, but donated orthodontic services may help them smile with confidence. To link to the application and eligibility requirements, visit aaoinfo.org. Come on! on the web at carsforkids.com. That's cars with a K. We are an IRS recognized 501c3 charity organization, so you'll receive a maximum tax deduction. What's more, you'll receive a free vacation voucher for three days and two nights. 1877 Cars for Kids.
Jared Dillion Show. I'm Jared Dillion. This is the Jared Dillion Show. If you want to call to talk about your money, please call 844-305-7800. That's 844-305-7800. This is the Jared Dillion Show. We're talking to Chris Lakian of Raymond James in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. He is a financial advisor. You know, the financial advisory business is kind of unique. And if you walk into a financial advisor's office, you're operating under the assumption that this person is an expert on financial markets. But oftentimes, that's not the case. You know, uh, I I would say that Chris is. uh, He's a dedicated student of the markets. But, you know, most people in this position are not. And that's not really what they spend most of their time doing. They don't spend most of their time thinking about investments. They spend most of their time managing personalities because it's a relationship business more more than anything. So, Chris, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, well, I, I, first of all, I appreciate the compliment. I'm, I'm very flattered. Yes, I totally agree. I think it's a relationship business. And, um, you know, for me, one of the most, some of the happiest moments of my life are actually watching and working with someone for 10 or 15 years and then actually having the day when they actually retire and just seeing their excitement on their face, you know, living up to the financial plan, watching them, you know, transition uh, from, you know, this hard worker saving and saving and saving and, 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 and listening to a lot of the models that you speak about in your publications on your website, you know, mastering your debt, mastering your personal finances, getting to that goal, and just the reaction of when a family goes from working and saving to relaxation is just unbelievable. But, you know, but there's 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 definitely, there's got to be some difficult points along the way. Like, I do not work in a relationship business, okay? I send out a newsletter, uh, people passively receive it. You know, the only real personalities I have to deal with is emails. Sometimes somebody will get a little hostile with me, but, you know, it's over email. I mean, you're really, you have to have some people skills to manage these personalities. I'm sure some people can be difficult or demanding. How do you deal with that? Uh, well, there's two, there's two ways, you know, obviously, you know, well, someone once told me that clients are a reflection of your personality. And so the people that I work with are very calm, very understanding, educated people who understand generally what they can expect. Um, other people have different models, um, but mine is very small and very kind of niche. And so the relationships that I have with people that I'm, I've gotten very close. I mean, I, a lot of these people are, are my friends now. I mean, it, it kind of hurts, actually, when something doesn't go right personally. I actually feel it personally. Like, this didn't go right. I actually feel a pain of, you know, going back to that person saying, you know, I made a decision and it didn't work. And this is the reason why it worked. And actually, like, listening to the reaction is sometimes always not so enjoyable. You know, and I, and I think that part is, um, you know, definitely an emotional an emotional attachment that I didn't expect when I was in my first couple of years of the industry. But now after, was it 15 years? More than 15? You know, it, it definitely registers from time to time. Yeah. I, I mean, I've had two financial advisors. I used to manage my own money until 2012. Uh, and then I got taken on 
as a client at, at um, Barclays, which no longer has a private wealth business because they sold it to Stiefel. Uh, the guy that took me on was a friend of mine. He actually left the business a couple years ago. The account was transferred to uh, somebody else who was a friend of mine, it's somebody I worked with at Lehman, you know, so I've known this guy for 20 years. And I got to tell you, you know, having that personal connection um, means a lot, right? Oh, it's huge. I, I, just if I can give you an example. So something, you know, a couple of years back, um, some of my elderly and more retired uh, clients really started getting into wood shop. And, you know, I'd go by and I'd see them in a wood shop, and they'd be, like, you know, building stuff and doing tables and chairs and whatever they were working on. And it was really special. It was cool. And then I was like, well, this looks cool. I, I actually kind of want to get into this. And I started getting into it. So, you know, so now I'm, like, texting people, like, hey, how do I steam this? How do I, route, how do I use this router? You know, what's a great technique for making a dovetail? You know, and engaging people on levels that I never thought as a younger man was something that would happen. But as they get older, you know, I go cycling with them. I go on my motorcycle with them. I go play golf with them. I go flying with them. You know, and it's it's fun. And it's it, it's really un, it really was unexpected when I first started. How many clients do you have? Um I think well how, how much do we manage in, in business as in the office? Yeah, I mean assets under management, number of clients. Um I mean, checked. I think we have well, we have well over 150 to 200 household relationships, and right now the office has about just over shy of a, a little over 81 million. So 150 to As 200 well. relationships is that a lot? Is that average? What is that? I'd say it's actually quite small, to be frank with you. And you know, it's small, but it's nice being small it, because I'm allowed to. The way I've developed my business and the way my partners developed it, it's similar, is we can stack relationships vertically because we have such a, a defined investment approach. So I can probably manage double what I manage now if I could acquire more clients and still have a wonderful relationship, do my job effectively, and still maintain a decent quality of life. Um, other people have different where they just – put money into a fund and they go out and they raise it and it's all about the relationship and it's not about the actual market. You know what I mean? And they have yeah. huge multi-billions of dollars under management. And they'll yeah, have, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like the Jerry Maguire model versus the Bob Sugar model. Agreed. That's a re that, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you saw that movie, Jerry Maguire. Yeah. Oh, who hasn't seen Jerry Maguire? I mean, yeah, come I on, know. show me the money. That's like that when the account the, gets open and there's no wire. I want to call him and go, show me the money. <laughs> show it. Uh, I'm actually, that, that's sometimes the ultimate, it works. That's the ultimate bull market movie right there. That's the bull market movie. Oh, yeah. uh, we, we, got about a minute, we got about a minute left. How can people find you? Uh, well, first of all, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, I publish my own client letters uh, that I send out bi-monthly on there so people can find it. It's Christopher Lakian, L-A-K-I-A-N, on LinkedIn, RH Financial, Raymond James. We also have our own website, rhfin.com. That's rhfin.com. And uh, besides that, I can give out my personal cell phone number. I don't know what else. No, do it. For, you don't want to do that. Um, if, uh, if, you're, if you're listening to this and you can't find Chris, you can always call in the show. 
at 844-305-7800, and we can hook you up with Chris. Chris, thanks for being on the show. I learned a lot. It was great to have you on. Come back again soon. Thank you very much, Jared. It was an honor and a privilege. And uh, for everyone who's listening, you know, definitely look at some of the things Jared's doing. Um, I've been following his career a long time, and he writes some great stuff. So, Jared, thank you very much. It was an honor and a privilege. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. I'm Jared Dillian. This is The Jared Dillian Show. The Jared Dillian Show. Happy holidays, folks. Colonel Snowman here to tell you about my piping hot KFC $20 fill-up with eight pieces of chicken or 12 tenders and all the fixings. It's an easy way to keep the family fed when you're too uh, busy to cook. Wow, this KFC meal is piping hot and I'm made of snow. Uh, try my KFC $20 fill-up. You can order ahead at KFC.com. Happy holidays from KFC. Limited time only at participating locations. Prices may vary. Tax and substitutions extra. Delivery service and additional fees apply. Are you tired of every radio station just sounding the same? On the Smart Talk Radio Network, we give you that alternative you've always wanted. No topics are out of bounds. No agenda is being pushed. It really is that revolutionary. Listen for yourself at smarttalkradionetwork.com. for radio that inspires. This is Smart Talk. This is radio that inspires. You're listening to the Smart Talk Radio Network. Some kids never smile. They're embarrassed by their crooked teeth. They want braces like the other kids, but their families can't afford them. Some may even try to straighten their teeth themselves. That can make everything worse. Luckily, there's Donated Orthodontic Services, a program from the American Association of Orthodontists. It helps provide orthodontic treatment to kids and teens whose families can't afford it. For kids who apply, are approved, and are matched with a volunteer orthodontist, it can be life-changing. Their treatment is in the hands of an expert, a licensed local orthodontic specialist who improves their 